What up, team? It's Parker Olson here. It was just on with the real Jason Duncan. We covered everything from how do you get to success, food, mushrooms, tech, AI, web scraping. You don't want to miss it. Jason, thank you so much for having me on The Root of All Success, and I cannot wait to stay in touch, brother. Peace. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. A podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another edition. I am The Real Jason Duncan. I've got Parker Olson on the show today. Parker is only 27 years old. He has already had a startup that he is now selling. It's a national food company called Forage. It's all based on mushrooms. We're going to talk about, and no, not those kind of mushrooms, but we're going to talk a little bit about mushrooms today on the show. But this guy is part tech wizard, part snack connoisseur, 100% entrepreneurial spirit. He's all in on everything he does. This is a this is an episode about what it looks like to go all in on everything. And you're going to hear his story about he started a Twitter Twitter feed with it ended up with 750,000 followers, how he got into the food business, how he went all in on these diets until he, until he figured it out. And now how he's about to transition and sell the food business to get into the tech space. So this is a, this is a very interesting cat and I'm really glad to have him on the show today. So please take a listen and help me welcome Parker Olson to the show. Hey Parker, welcome to the show, my man. Jason, what's happening? Well, it's good to uh, good to have you on the show. I, I, we were talking pre-show about podcasting in general, and you've got some cool stuff that we're going to talk about in the podcast world that you're delving into. But you know, when guests, I get guest appearances or people that say, "Hey, I want I want so and so to be on your show," or some people reach out want to be on the show. I have so many requests now. I get to be very selective. That's very different now that I'm almost at 200 episodes. Very different than when I was beginning. I was begging people to come on the show. Well, now I, I can be pretty selective. And you, uh, you said, you said, well, I guess I'm lucky. I got in. Well, the thing is, if you <laughs> offer something of value, that's how the business works. You offered me something of value when you first reached out. And I was like, yeah, this guy, I like this guy. So, well, well here we are on the show. You offered something of value. Plus, you have a really cool and interesting story of entrepreneurship that I think the audience is going to dig into. So, uh, so tell everybody. Just give us a brief flyover. Who is Parker? Old? Man, I don't even. I don't even know who I am these days, Jason. I swear, uh, man. Uh, you know, from the East Coast, uh, originally pre-med in neuroscience, and then I got into into Twitter when I was in college. Basically built a Twitter account, 750,000 followers, which which I think we'll touch on, and then went into management consulting and then started a food business and, you know, currently in the midst of exiting such food business and am, am now kind of in the tech space, uh, like to do Ironman and sort of just enjoy kind of the unique experience and, and try new things, I would say. Well, let's talk about Twitter X as it is now. X. Known. 
So, so <laughs> what, uh, I, I was never much of a Twitter person. I had a Twitter account. Yep. Um, but honestly, I think I was part of the reason that, that Elon decided he wanted to buy it because I was so fed up with just the absolute nonsense on hmm. Twitter that I canceled my account, turned it off, whatever I did. And then when he purchased it, I went back and set up an account hmm. again. But honestly, I still don't, I don't do anything on Twitter. Every once in a while, I might open X and I, I and I would search for something going on, like a football game or something in the news, mm, just yeah. so I can see what people are saying. What what like yeah. you started early? You were early in the Twitter game. What what, are, what is your thoughts about where it is now as X? What yeah, this? I mean, so I'm I'm out of the Twitter game now, but I, I still kind of keep tabs on it, and and you know I'm I'm really interested more in LinkedIn for as a social medium, but I have a lot of friends who are in on Twitter. Um, but yeah, a little bit of you know background there. I mean, honestly, I was just trying to make money. Jason, I, I was I was a freshman in college and Let's I had be Let's yeah, be honest. I just wanted to make money. <laughs> literally. Um, and I the first kid I met in school, he he kept me on Twitter on his phone. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then I one day I looked over his shoulder and I saw he was on an account managing an account that had like nine hundred thousand followers. And I and I didn't even know what he was doing. And I told him that day and I said, dude. I don't know what you're doing. I'll give you every single dollar I have in my savings account if you show me what you're doing and teach me how to do it. And he was like, what? Like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, I'll give you all the money. Uh, quick quick guess. Any guesses on how many dollars I had in my bank account at the time, Jason? I want to say less than 200 bucks. <laughs> no, I didn't have that little, thankfully. I have $3,216 and I sent him $3,216. I texted my mom. I said, mom, I have $0. By the way, I may need wow. some money. Uh, so yeah, Dude, that's that, all in. Was yeah, it worth it? Definitely, man. Yeah, and you'll and that's kind of how I like. That's a little bit how I like to do things. I th I think it's one of the only ways to do things. But yeah, I mean, he showed me how to build a Twitter account, and he helped me kind of get up to build it up to a hundred thousand followers, and and really showed me really like the path of how you how you build a Twitter account from you know really a hundred k up to like several million. And I I only built it to about seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, I think as you mentioned, or, or, or maybe we'll talk about it, it's, it's called, it was called shit your parents say it no longer exists anymore, but yeah, that, that was sort of my initial jump into entrepreneurship. So, uh, so you paid 3,200 bucks to get this guy to teach you how to get into Twitter world to build yep. followers. You wanted to make money. Did you make money? I did make money. I think in total, I think I made like 19,000, like 600 bucks over maybe nine months or eight or nine months. How, how did you make the money? So what you do is once you have like a follower you're trading retweets with other accounts so it's like you're dming a, an account that has a similar amount of followers 100 to 300k when i was in that range and you say hey you know trade three retweets you retweet their content for 15 minutes and they retweet yours and, and so you're cross-pollinating the audiences and then you, you know you're gaining followers through it and then every like six tweets i would tweet an ad that would send people to my blog so i started a blog and the blog basically was writing articles that had the highest paying um, ad ad keywords so my blog was all about like top 10 lists, like top 10 party schools was like, was like the best blog I ever wrote. Um, and then, you know, uh, traffic's coming in and then I'm getting paid ad dollars from these advertisers on, on the blog. All right. So you 3,200 in 19, 20 grand out. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a bad return, but also not life changing amount of money, no. but 750,000 followers is no slouch. I mean, so did the account just die? Did you let it go? Did you sell it? Did you? What happened? Yeah, so it got it got hacked at one point, and then it went up to like nine hundred fifty thousand followers, I think, from from fake um, from like fake bots. 
I got re-control of it and then like it, it got flagged by Twitter and then I basically kind of sunsetted it. And then I have a friend who had a brand a couple of years ago and he was like, Hey, could I use this? And I was like, sure, whatever. And I, and I gave it to him. And honestly, I don't even know where it is. I texted him the other day and he was like, I don't know, because it doesn't exist under his brand name anymore. So probably a lost opportunity, honestly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 750,000 real people. I mean, let's say that's half wrong. I mean, that's 375,000 people that, yeah. that you had access to there. There should have been some way to capitalize on that greater than 19 grand. I you, would think, right. You know, Jason, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and, and, uh, and maybe slightly, unfortunately, I'm not the most fi fiscally motivated anymore, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right, man. I really do. <laughs> well, so, so now, uh, well, since we're talking about this, what are your just thoughts on the X? On X? I mean, is it? Yeah, was it? What's going on with this? Is that was that a good brand move in your opinion? I don't, I don't like the changing of the brand name. I think I think Elon's like big enough where like it probably doesn't like the band the brand equity doesn't get hurt as much as like another founder who's not as prevalent as he is. But I just I don't necessarily understand the brand shift. But I I, I don't disagree with a lot of the things he's doing. Right? It's like to your point, like he's gotten rid of a lot of spam on Twitter. And I think he's trying to make it like like an authentic social media again um, and trying to figure out like the whole news cycle. And so I, I guess I somewhat appreciate that. I also just appreciate anybody who like thinks something's wrong and is willing to actually take take a risky move to fix it. So I, I, I think I respect it. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows what he's trying to do, his long play. I mean, the guy's extremely smart, but yeah. I, even though I'm not a Twitter fan or really a user, I mean, I have an account, but like I said, but I... I, I Twitter is such pervasive thing. Like everybody knows what that is. If you, if you're, you know, not living under a rock, you've heard of it. Yep. And, and what you do on Twitter is tweet. So there is a verb that goes like, if I said tweet, I don't even have to tell you what I'm talking about. Cause we all know we're not talking about a bird. Yep. We're talking about the, the platform Twitter. What do you do with X? Like, I don't understand. What's the verb you do with X? He, the, the brand cachet, I get there's a lot of baggage because the liberals took it and ran a certain direction and wouldn't let conservatives and then conservatives got mad mm -hmm. about it. And there's such this political divide. Maybe he's just trying to clear the deck, but I just think he messed up. In my humble opinion of a guy who's has one 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 thousandth of one millionth of percent of what he owns. I get it. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, so anyway, let's get off X for just a second. Now, you you've made it really big in in uh, mushrooms and not not the other kind of mushrooms, no. <laughs> but because there's a lot of talk about psycho uh, psilocybin and all that kind of stuff and psycho, um, what is that stuff? Uh, psilocybin, yeah. Psilocybin, all the stuff with the mushrooms. There's a lot of talk about that right now. Yeah, but that's not where you're. That's not what you did with mushrooms. You did something different with forage. Tell everybody a little bit about that because I know you're preparing to sell that company. Yeah. So, yeah, what, and what that, what's that about? Quick side note, and I'm, and I'm actually not sure if you know this about me, but I, I am a certified psilocybin peer assistant. So like I've gotten gone through an official certification body to basically administer psilocybin trips for folks. Um, I've done a couple uh, trips for folks. I mostly focus on helping people think about microdosing uh, primarily. But yes, that is that is not tied with my business. That's more of a personal interest of mine. Um, so yeah, for, forage what we what we're doing, what we've done is we basically are taking like everyday snacks, right? So different packaged goods. We have like a loose bag of granola. We have a, a meal replacement bar and we're fortifying it with, with different mushroom extracts that have different benefits, right? So are, are you familiar with, with some of these like medicinal or functional mushrooms that people have been talking about? 
Vaguely. Okay. But yes. So they like they have basically different medicinal compounds depending on the mushroom, right? So as an example, there, there's a mushroom called turkey tail. And it's shown to have like very legitimate anti anti cancer properties. Um, where even this goes so far that in Japan right now they actually use turkey tail as as a cancer w within a cancer treatment. Um, they're considering it in the U.S. right now. So, so that there's really interesting benefits that different mushrooms can have. Uh, we use a mushroom called lion's mane specifically, which which is one of the more popular ones. And lion's mane um, provides basically like. It, it causes the the neurosynthesis of uh, neurogrowth factor. So that probably sounds like a lot going on. Neurogrowth factor is is effectively what your your brain cells, your neurons actually need to feed on to grow. Um, and so it is it is the best it is the best organic synthesizer of neurogrowth factor known to man. Like there there is nothing else on this planet that you can consume that will actually create more neurogrowth factor inside your brain than lion than the lion's mane mushroom lion's mane write it down yeah um, how, does, how does one get a hold of lion's mane so we we we, t we take the extract in the powder format we put it in our snacks for it to be like easily accessible there's like mushroom coffees you can buy supplements uh you definitely want to buy high quality stuff like a lot of people sometimes they're getting into the game and they're like okay I, it's kind of it's not super cheap right so i want to buy maybe the lower cost items well look those aren't going to have high amounts of these active compounds that are actually providing the benefits so you know, if, if we want to, I'd, I'd be happy to, to, to send a couple of good brands that I would highly recommend um, that, you know, folks are interested in trying them and, and kind of yeah, see what I it's think, about. I, I think people are curious enough about that to want to look into it. Mm -hmm. um, I know I, I, I'm a coffee, I'm a coffee guy, although I'm a decaf guy. I don't, I don't, I don't do caffeine, but I, but I um, tried the mushroom coffee. I had actually, this is the only time my Instagram following ever provided any uh, commercial value to me outside of just me doing my business yeah. as I had a mushroom coffee company reach out to me through Instagram We're like, Hey, you know, we see your brand. We'd love for you to try our stuff. And if you like it, talk about it. Well, I didn't like it. Oh, that's <laughs> I didn't like it at all. So it's like, I can't talk about it because I don't like it. But, uh, but mushrooms in general, I love mushrooms to eat. I I'm not into the, the, I'm not into the microdosing. I'm not, that that's not me. But I think people would be interested in, in the medicinal value. Of yeah. That. So if you got leads on that, I think. People yeah. Would want to, to me, some some of the brands that like are really authentic. I know the founders super well. Like I know about their sourcing. Like really understand what's going on and, and are doing a great job. Like well, number one, Malama Mushrooms. It's it's a brand in Hawaii. They're awesome. Like Ben Lillybridge is just like he he's effectively like he's he's effectively a mycologist at this point. Um, and then Fresh Cat Mushrooms out of Canada as well does a really great job. Uh, they're a little bit bigger, but um, I, I really, really like um, I really, really like Malama Mushrooms in in Hawaii. You can what's the name of that again? Malama M A L A M A Mushrooms. Okay, Malama Mushrooms. So a little little uh, non paid advertisement there for Malama. If you want to check, out, yeah. check that out. Now, how did you get into mushrooms with forage? I mean. You, you, when we first talked, you told me a little bit about your story and living in a van, living in tents and trying to figure out how to get this thing in the stores. Yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that and then where you came to the point now where you're about ready. To yeah, totally. I mean, let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 
As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to The Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dub does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. I think I I just like, I think I get bored with life sometimes and I need to go like do things that bring the, the zest and excitement back to life for me. So graduated college, I, you know, I kind of exited the Twitter game. I was really interested in entrepreneurship. I was working on like a clothing company concept. And at the time I was in a management consulting role and, you know, I'm like, fuck this, man. Like, I. I have no autonomy. I'm not doing anything interesting. Like I don't give a shit about what's going on in my life. So I was like, you know what I've never done, which I've always been kind of curious about is like, I've never tried a diet or like a nutritional regimen ever. And so I was like, fuck it. I'll go vegan for 30 days. Let's, let's just see what happens. I'm not vegan today. Like full disclaimer. Like I, I don't have, I, I like meat a lot, but I was like, sure, I'll do this. Let's see if I can do it. This would be fun. And that kicks like, I don't know why, but that kickstarted an 18 month like health journey for me where every single month for 30 days at a time, I was trying a different nutritional regimen um, throughout throughout that period. So like vegan, gluten-free, keto, Whole30, uh, pescatarian, vegetarian, um, the carnivore diet. Um, there, was, there were several others. And then towards the end of that, one of the, one of the diets, I, I, diets I performed was I went off of all supplementation, like caffeine, everything. And I only drank mushroom teas. Like I, I was doing research about mushrooms and I started to learn about them. And so I said, okay, cool. I'm just going to like try consuming mushrooms for a month. I've read a lot about it. My background's in neuroscience. These sound really interesting. And that month was the month that I felt like the best, like was just sleeping super well, had like tons of energy. And then I started, you know, getting really into the research and I was like, fuck, there's a lot here. Like this, there is... The, like the actual research behind these ingredients is, is really, really good. And like the results are, are really awesome. The issue is a lot of that research historically has been done in Asia um, and, and was kind of just starting to come over to the Western hemisphere. And so, so that was kind of like, that was where my mind was like, whoa, there's something really interesting here. So mushrooms, your interest in mushrooms came from a 
of a personal experience mm -hmm. of trying all these different diets. And then that, how did that lead you to say, well, I'm going to do these, these meal replacement bars. Yeah. I'm going to do granola. I'm going to do the forage began. And that's F O R I J is how you mm -hmm. spell F O R I J dot co is the website forage.co. So how did you decide, okay, mushrooms work for me. I'm going to start a business. Right yeah. Now. So I, I was like, man, mushrooms work. This is awesome. Like I don't shut up, Jason. I talked, you know, I tell people about what I'm thinking and trying and interested in all the time. And so I, I was bringing in these like kind of gross, like mushroom powders. I was mixing into like t in the hot water in the mornings into work and like telling my manager about it and my colleagues. And they were like, cool. All right. Like, like I'll try some. And you know, the, always the response was like, they were like, this is disgusting. Like I, even if this works, I wouldn't take it every day because it's fucking gross. And I was like, damn, they make a great, they make a really good point. You know, I firmly believe there's something here. Like how, how could I create something? Like I almost saw it as like a fun little challenge where like people at work would, would start consuming it. And so I started like putting it into like an oatmeal and I would just like walk around the office and be like, try this. Or like I started putting it into a granola. And then I also kind of came to the realization that I didn't love the taste either. And that why not, why not try and make something that I actually like the taste of where I can get it into my diet every day. And so yeah. that, that is what sort of kickstarted this, like, how do I get it into food where it still is effective? Because, you know, if you like bake it for too long or, or there's certain processing techniques, you actually can't perform on, you know, that will actually kill the, the medicinal compounds. Um, that, that actually tastes good. So, so that was, it was sort of like a fun little, like personal challenge, if you will. No, you did it though. And you challenged it and you got it, but it became commercially viable. You yeah. got this thing into stores and packaging and. It's legit. It's a legit thing. So how did you do that? Man, that's that, that, that was a long journey. We were, you know, baking it at home. And then, then we started renting a space during COVID from the, from the pizza cafe on our block, but we couldn't store stuff there. So we had to store stuff in my bedroom. And so then every night I'd walk stuff over, we'd bake it. I would sell it like locally. I was selling it to kind of local retailers. We started to sell really well. Um, and then I was like, okay, well I need a bigger space. And then, you know, I found a friend who owned a cafe down in Pike place market in Seattle. And then, we go down there and we bake four nights a week and, and they had bigger, uh, you know, bigger ovens. And then from there, I, you know, I was like, okay, we, we're growing again. I need to find a co-packer, you know, called all these co-packers, found a co-packer, went through testing, started producing with them. Okay. We, we, uh, we, we sold, you know, like this co-packer can no longer support us. Now we got to go find a new co-packer. And, and that was sort of like the journey um, up to kind of where we are today. And you got this into some major retailers. Mm -hmm. You've got some revenue, obviously enough revenue coming in to justify uh, this being a legit business. Yeah. Now you're looking at selling it. So tell us a little bit about the financials around it, whatever you're free to share. Like, yeah. How did, you know, where'd you go from idea to, hey, we created this much in revenue, yeah. we're selling this many bars. Yeah, I mean, you share? look, it, it was fun and, and we could talk about some of like the hustles behind, yeah, getting into some like national retail stores like Sprouts and, and we're in like some Albertson Safeway chains and, and Kroger chains. Well, dude, fucking food is a nightmare, dude. Like you want to build, like you want to build a 50, hundred million dollar brand today and go have a huge exit and be set for life. Like that's going to take you 30, 40, 50 years, or you're going to have to raise a hundred million dollars to do it and then sit there with no equity. And and I started to see some of that writing on the wall about a year ago and our margins are, are fucked. And, and, you know, COVID really didn't help that like labor increase, labor cost increases, freight cost increases, raw ingredient cost increases. So for me, it was like, look, this has been really awesome. Um, I'm like proud of what I built, you know, we're on track, we'll, we'll do, you know, probably just over a million this, this year um, and, and largely bootstrapped. 
Um, and then, you know, it's just like, I, I don't want to be here in 10 years do, doing the same thing. I, I, I just, I just don't. Um, and for me, I was like, okay, this, you know, we, we've had some really good growth in recent history. The, the brand position right now is really strong. Mushrooms are like really hot. Uh, we've been listed on kind of like a lot of like up and coming emerging brands. Our, our distributors have put us, both of our major distributors have put us in their top 10 brand portfolios of like, these are the 10 brands we think are, are going to make it big. So it, it felt like a good time to go to the market and be like, look, we've got it to a good spot. We probably need to sell this to somebody who could manufacture it on their own and, and, and increase the margins. But that was sort of where we were at. And so you found a buyer or are you trying to find a buyer? Right we have now? two potential buyers. I, I, one of them is really strong. Uh, both of them are manufacturers. One, one, one is a manufacturer in New England and they have three brands themselves. And then the other one is a manufacturer in Seattle and they have, they have, uh, they have two brands. So people who understand retail, understand how to go out and sell, but are manufacturing it themselves. So the margin actually makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's. Okay. Well, you're, you're transitioning. You're the kind of guy that want, jumps from one thing to the next. So now you're transitioning to more of this tech space, podcast space. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you're wanting to do. Yeah. So while at Forage and, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for, for basically unique ways to, to market. I, I, I found marketing to be really challenging, at least in the food space. And I'm sure in a lot of other industries where a lot of people just rely on like paid media, right? Um, you know, buying Facebook ads. And I wanted to go find channels and tactics that were non-traditional and like where you can get people's attention where other people aren't, aren't buying for it, right? So, you know, this is why it's like, I lived out of a van for a year in a, in a branded pop-up camper van and drove around the country and made a ton of content. And, and that's how we got into a lot of stores. And we also ran some, some ads and, and, and had some, some sort of virality off of that. Um, whenever I used to fly on airplanes, I would walk the row with a sign on a whiteboard. I always carried a whiteboard on me. And it would say like, 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 uh, like entrepreneur with food brand, like give seat number to enter giveaway. Like some shit like that. Like I'm not, I'm not even that clever of a copywriter. And I'd walk down the aisle and then somebody would be like, you know, uh, typically the first three, four, five rows, people are like avoiding eye contact at all times. So like, who the fuck is this guy? And then somebody would be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, okay, you just have to write your, your number on a piece of paper and then I'll, I'm giving away free, my free product. And then everybody starts joining and, and I would do that on every single plane ride I'd go on. And sometimes the flight attendants would let me get on the mic and announce it. It was just like shit like that. Um, so anyways, you asked kind of how I transition. I got into kind of leveraging tech and, and automation and AI to scale different marketing efforts. So what I first found, there's a tool. Are, are you familiar with, with, with like web scraping at all? Yeah. Okay. So there's a tool that I really, really like. It's called Bardeen. I'm like, I'm like telling them that like they need to pay me dollars because I tell everybody about this tool. And I found out a way basically where I was able to scrape like the top thousand influencers on TikTok for any given, you know, general category. You're really basing it around hashtags. And then like, you know, so you, you, you can, you can, there's some ways to determine what like kind of the topics of a video are. And so I was scraping like, the data and the links on these influencers from TikTok, and then running it through an AI engine to put out custom copy based on their profile and then messaging them being like, Hey, like, blah, 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 like really cool video. Like our product's interesting. We'd love to give you some to try. And that was sort of the first time where I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like I, you can actually scale some interesting marketing outreach tactics. 
Um, and so that was sort of the first step into the tech space of understanding like, okay, you can scale different marketing, you know, and, and outreach tactics to actually, you know, get what you're doing. So, so that, that's kind of a space that we're working in right now um, is like helping people reach different influencers through understanding, okay, who are the top thousand in this category and, and how can you actually reach them versus just like manually messaging all of them. And what's the name of that software you were talking about? Oh, Bardeen is, is, is the web scraping software. Um, what we built around B-A-R-D-E-E-N. Um, yeah, man, if, if you personally ever wanted to, to look at it or, or like you think your followers would be interested, we could do like a live and I could like, I'm not tech at all, man. I, I got no background, but I, I taught myself at all. It's really straightforward and would be happy to kind of go live and, and kind of show, show you what's going on there. Well, that's interesting. I wrote that down, Bardeen, B-A-R-D-E-E-N. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing now with podcasting? Because I yeah. think that you, we talked pre-show, this is your next foray I think into so. entrepreneurship. Is this yeah. So I'm working on a concept that is kind of similar, right? So it's like podcasts are interesting and, and, and there's some people who have a great story to share and want to go on podcasts, but it's like, what podcasts do you go on? Like, how do you actually think about, you know, how do you, how do you think about contacting different podcasts? And so what we've done is, is we built a tool that similarly scrapes a ton of data on podcasts and, and transparently, this is actually not how I came in touch with you. Um, and what it says is, is, is we say, okay, for example, X, like, uh, my friend Jess wants to go on podcasts, right. And she is the director of customer experience at Feastables, which are, are, you, are you familiar with Feastables? You're not familiar with Feastables? No. Are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Okay. Yeah. Feastables is Mr. Beast's chocolate brand. They went from like zero to 300 million in like 18 months. Um, wow. And he, ju he just crossed 200 million subscribers across his platforms this week. He's, he, he's the biggest influencer that exists. Um, right. And so anyways, she's like, yeah, like I want to go and kind of start my own consulting gig. I'm interested in podcasts. And so what we've done is like, we have scraped this massive data set of all the podcasts that exist literally globally. And we can say, okay, this is what Jess wants. What podcast should, should she basically listen to and like determine like, Hey, like this would maybe be a really interesting fit for me to go a share my story and connect to the host. And then also like get on that podcast and, and, and maybe like, you know, tell people about, about what I'm doing. And so th this, this algorithm now can take her story and what she wants to do. And it can say, Hey, here are the top hundred podcasts. Here's probably a really interesting episode you should go listen to. And then from that, okay, like, like these are podcasts you should probably like reach out to. So huh. thinking about building it like that or like helping people get on podcasts and, and think about what, what that could look like. Um, on the other side, thinking about, you know, Jason, let's say like I'm coming on your show next week, right? Maybe building a service that similarly, all you do is you type my name in into a, into a chat window. And then our kind of web scraper scrapes all the available information on me on the internet and the industry I'm in all the most recent news. And it generates a one sheet and it says, this is Parker Olson. Here's his bio. Here's the industry he's in. Here's the most recent news on the industry. And, and here are relevant questions to ask him about himself, his company and the industry. I think, I think that would be definitely useful to find that information in a single spot. I know my podcast manager would love to have, I, <laughs> I, I built the beta version of that on Monday in like two and a half hours and primarily using Bardeen. So, all right. So what are you doing with it next? What's the next big play? I don't know. We're going to, we're going to figure out, I, I think like between like getting people on podcasts, helping podcast hosts or, or the influencer outreach tool, like 
what do we want to move forward with? And, and I say we, I've, I have a co-founder and, and he's, he's a bit more tech backed. Um, and we're trying to figure out, okay, you know, these are all interesting ideas. W- which one makes the most sense to really go to market with? And we don't want to raise any money because we don't want to answer to any investors. I don't, I don't know if you've ever answered to investors, but it's fucking annoying. It is. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Well, let me ask you a question. So this is the root of all success. After all, the name of the show is the root of all success. What does Parker Olson consider the one key to success? Thinking about obviously what you've been able to accomplish and in, in these different ventures, you've been successful. So what is your one key? Yeah, I think success? for me, it's just like pure like shamelessness. Like I, I, I think there's a lot of times people don't do things because they're, they're afraid of what other people will think, or they're like, oh, I can't do that. And I think just being a savage and, 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 and willing to be really shameless about stuff will get you a, a really, you know, a really long way. Right. It's like, I didn't, I could have not gone into food because I didn't know shit about food, but I was like, fuck it. I don't really care what people think. I'm going to figure this out. Similarly with tech, like you just got to go for it and not care what other people think about you. And then how do you define that word success? I think success, success is about kind of going to bed and on average being like, I fucking love what I'm doing every single day and, and having the ability to sort of like work on the things that you're really passionate about and bring you fulfillment, whatever that may be. And with that as a definition, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? Right now? I, th- I think so. But that changes, <laughs> that changes. Yeah. Well, if you had to, if you had to speak to the audience directly and you were going to give advice as a young entrepreneur, you know, you've done some pretty big things that most people your age would only dream about being able to accomplish. You've done those things. Uh, Cause how, how old are you? I'm, you're, I'm 27. You're, yeah, so you're still in your 20s, man. You I mean you figured this stuff out so much sooner than most people have ever figured this out. I mean, you got a national food brand you're about to sell. That's pretty that's pretty killer at 27 years old. You're about to start a tech company on the podcasting which is hot right now. What is your piece of advice that you would speak to the listener say, "Listen, if you want to be successful, this is what you must do." I think so I've, I, before the food company and others, you know, I, I tried to start like a, uh, like a clothing brand and some other things. And it, and it, I realized over time that like most of the time, like the work kind of sucks, pretty shitty. Like there's a lot of like bad days. I think how most people would define them. And you really like, if you find yourself really stoked to go solve problems anywhere or to like get shit on, you know, if you're, you know, in metaphorically or like do the hard work and still be excited, like you should keep pulling on that string. Um, I don't, I, I, I hate when people think, oh man, I should go into AI because AI is really hot and I'm going to go spend time there and they don't, they aren't excited about it. And then that's where the, the hard days get really hard. And that, and that's where like, you're probably going to give up. Like you need to go and find a space where you're like, I wouldn't give up even if this sucked every single day. Cause I'm so stoked on it. So the piece of advice is like, go find what you're passionate about and just start just like pulling threads, talk to people, start doing things, um, find, find what sort of careers are in that space. Right. Assuming you're interested in entrepreneurship and, and kind of working in that realm. Well, dude, it's uh it's really cool to see somebody your age figure this stuff out. I'm going all in on learning how to do Twitter, building a 750,000 follower account, figuring out how to make money, maybe losing some opportunities that you should have cashed totally. in on there. And then go, you know, going all in on diets, 
vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, paleo, all these things you did to find the one thing that you said, Hey, this works. I'm going to do a food brand around it now to sell that. Now you're going to go all in on this podcast kind of SaaS model software as a service. I, I, I think this, the theme here is that, you know, going all in you, and that's what you said. Your key was pure shamelessness with being a savage going all in on stuff. So it's working for you, man. So congratulations. I can only imagine over the next decade or so what you're going to be into and what you're going to be doing. So congratulations on all your success. Is there anything you want to leave? I'll give you last word to the audience today. Any, any items you want to talk about things you want to say before we sign off for today? Nothing. I, I guess for me, it's like whatever we build, we're going to put on, on podpitch.com. I think if it's in the pod space and then, you know, I, I used to love this. This this was our number one rule at Forage and uh, and me and my co-founder also instituted, but no holding back. Don't hold back out there. Not today, not tomorrow. No holding back. All right. Well, check him out at uh, Forage.com. That's F-O-R-I-J.co, Forage.co. And he's also on Instagram, Facebook. No, you know what? You said LinkedIn earlier in the show, but I don't have your LinkedIn it's that? just Parker Olson. I have a little mushroom emoji in front of my name, but yeah, I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. If anybody yeah wants to chat or get in touch, I'm, I'm pretty much on there every single day and talking about different stuff we're working on. All right. Well, check out Parker Olson on LinkedIn. Parker, it's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Congrats on your success and who knows where it's going to go next. Thanks, man. For Peace, brother. Well, there you go. Don't hold back out there. Not today. About his not tomorrow. To no holding back. And, you know, Parker's an interesting guy, right? It, it's for him. The theme here is go all in. Like you go all in. And when you do, just be a savage about it. Be shameless about it. Make sure that you don't leave anything oh. on the table. And it's just and Parker Olson. I have a little mushroom old, emoji in front of my name. But yeah, I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Name, if anybody that wants to chat or get in touch, I'm, I'm pretty much on there every single day and talking but, about but that's different not stuff we're working on. Impossible for anybody. It just takes that ability to go all in, just like he talked about. Now, one of the interesting parts of his story is that he, when Peace, he wanted brother. to learn that Twitter thing, he went all in by saying, listen, I'll put, give you all the money in my checking account. It's like 3200 bucks that he sent to this guy to learn all in. And that investment that he made in himself, sure, it only came back to 19 grand over the next nine months. That's not a huge return on that investment, but obviously he got his money back plus a lot more. But the point here, and I think the lesson for you as a listener is this, what are you going all in on financially? Have you invested in yourself to learn something? Have you bought that course? Have you enrolled in that class? Have you got that certification? Did you pay for the coach? Did you invest in a mastermind program? What is it that you've gone all in on? Because if you haven't, you're not going to be any different than you were last year. And that's the scariest thing is you wake up in a year from now or two years from now, and you're the same person you were a year or two years earlier. Go all in, go all in, invest in that thing. Now, if you're interested in what I do, obviously I'm a coach and I run a mastermind called the Exeter Club. If you want to look at being a part of the Exeter Club and you're ready to invest in that to get around people that will help lift you up to that next level, then I invite you to take a look at the Exeter Club. Go to the exeterclub.com. That's E-X-I-T, just like the word exit, and then E-R, the exeterclub.com. You can go check that out. And if that matches with what you're looking at trying to accomplish, Go all in, schedule the time to talk to me, to apply, to be a part of the club, see if you qualify. And if you do, let's do it. Let's do this together. Because if you don't go all in, you're all, you're going to have the opportunity for the rest of your life to wonder, what did I miss? Did I miss something? 
Did I not go all in when I should have? Parker Olson at 27 years old has gone all in his whole life. And who knows where this guy's going to be next? Check him out on LinkedIn. Look him up, Parker Olson. Parker, thank you again for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. Make sure that you, listener, tune in again next time when I talk with another successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. And I'm closing in on the 200th episode, so you don't want to miss that. i got some really cool stuff coming up on episode 200. Not too far into the future, maybe next week, week after next, 200 will be coming out. So thanks for listening. As always, I'm the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.